Good evening. You're listening to 101.9 FM CITR here in Vancouver. UBC Campus Radio and the show is Stereoscopic Readout and in honor of Valentine's Day, which was Tuesday, obviously. I'm doing... <clears throat> it's it's so obvious, I don't know why I ever didn't do it before. Um, I'm doing entire My Bloody Valentine episode, yes. Um, the classic years. I'm not going to go too far into... Uh, the pre-creation records days, um, sort of the post-88 stuff. Um, that, what you just heard was, uh, excuse me, My Bloody Valentine covering Wire. Song map reference, 41 degrees north, 90 degree, 93 degrees west. Um, and trivia time, if you're interested um, and you want to... Punch that into Google Earth. Uh, that comes up as a, uh, a field in the middle of Iowa somewhere. So there you go. Um, anyway, my bloody Valentine. Yes. It's one of these things that I don't know what to say. I was so into My Bloody Valentine in 1994. It was not funny. Um, as such, this show is dedicated to my long-suffering friend Ryan Big, who had to endure the song when you sleep um something like eight million times during that year when he was in my car um if you're listening ryan the heat is cranked now but um yeah it was just the only thing i could think of for almost an entire year i listened to that album like every day for an entire year practically and uh Boy, did that make an impression. But uh, the long and the short of it is a band that, you know, um, I would you say that they are the, um, you know, the, the primary band that springs to mind when you think of shoegazing? Possibly. Um, not one of the most, I wouldn't say they're the, one of the most uh, influential bands. Certainly they inspired a lot of bands, but there weren't too many bands which ended up actually successfully sounding like them. Um they are becoming, or they're coming back into vogue uh, these days. There are more and more bands citing them as influences. Obviously, Vancouver's Weed, big fans of My Bloody Valentine. Calgary's Scars and Scarves, big fans of My Bloody Valentine, I guess. <laughs> Certainly, they have a song that sounds exactly like When You Wake, You're Still in a Dream, but we'll get to that later. Um, but My Bloody Valentine formed in 1983 in Dublin, Ireland. Uh, two core members basically have been with the band since, in, since its inception. Guitarist and ba- essentially frontman and creative driving force Kevin Shields and drummer Colm Cusack. Yes, that is how you actually pronounce it. Um because he, he, if, if you're familiar with the band, he writes it in the Gallic fashion. So it looks more like Colm Okiosoig, but it's Cusack. Don't worry about that. Um, early on, they did. Um, they moved to. They didn't really get an album deal until they moved to London um, with singer Dave Conway. At that time, Dave Conway was singing. Anyway, um, they did put out a number of albums in sort of the uh, prevailing jangly indie C eighty six sound. Um, but it wasn't until uh, Conway left and they um, acquired 
sort of co-singer guitarist Belinda Butcher um, that the band really fought, really uh, came into its own and became the classic sort of you know found the sound that made them legendary. They already also had uh, bassist Debbie Goodge um, with the unit at the time. They were signed to Creation Records in 1988, and by August they would put out kind of an, an EP that which sort of turned the music world on its head in a way, and that was the You Made Me Realize single, which is this.
much do you know about bikes? Everything? Perfect. Nothing at all? Even better. At the UBC Bike Kitchen, you can use our space and tools to do your own bike maintenance, get one-on-one -on -one instruction on how to fix your bike yourself, or drop your bike off for us to repair. You can also buy a fully refurbished, guaranteed used bicycle, or a variety of new and used parts and accessories. The Bike Kitchen is UBC's non-profit, student-owned, full-service bike shop. We're located in the basement of the Student Union Building. Just look for the stairwell on the north side of the sub across from Gage Towers, or search for the UBC Bike Kitchen on Facebook. Stop by the Bike Kitchen, and then get riding.
My Bloody Valentine's You Made Me Realize EP released in August of 1988. Uh, None of the songs would appear on the full-length album that appeared by the end of that year isn't anything. However, um, their subsequent EP um, entitled... Feed Me With Your Kiss, obviously the title track of that appeared on Isn't Anything. Um, What you heard there was you made me realize uh, thorn and cigarette in your bed. You made me realize being sort of the centerpiece of their live performances, um, certainly the... um, the climax of their live performances since it was written uh, that instrumental or sort of, uh, excuse me, not instrumental, but um, that sort of breakdown section in the middle where it's just white noise for about a half a minute. They've been known to stretch that out in excess of 15 minutes um, on stage. Also, they tend to play at peak volume. Kevin Shields in the early interviews did say that what they were trying to get at was a um, theory that when presented with loud enough music at certain frequencies, the human uh, body goes into a sort of primal fight or flight mode, and he was trying to bring that out. However, Kevin Shields has also been noted for saying some pretty wacky stuff, which has later been disowned by even himself later on so uh, who knows what that means uh kevin has also been pretty coy in the press about his uh use of effects pedals um i mean people i know have seen the band said that he's got somewhere in the round of a dozen to 15 effects pedals with him when he does a live show um and he's been pretty coy about how he uh which ones he actually uses and when certainly the digitech whammy is high on that list of people speculating um as to effects that he uses in the studio but um essentially um he does put a lot of work into um into the sounds he does use in uh, on album as you're going to be hearing progressively uh towards the end of the show Anyway, um, you made me realize, followed in November of 1988 by the Feed Me With Your Kiss EP.
Hello, Vancouver. This is Carolyn Mark. You're listening to CITR 101.9 on your FM dial.
back with you on the 101.9 FM uh, CITR. <coughs> Excuse me, and you're listening to the stereoscopic readout Spotlight on My Bloody Valentine. The greatest band there ever was. Uh, there was a time when I was I would militantly actually argue that Loveless was the greatest album ever created. Um, I, I guess maybe I've just listened to it so often it seems well. I don't know. I just it it just it keeps doing it for me. Not as much as it did back then, but you know, well, let's just not go there. Um, from the Feed Me with Your Kiss EP, you heard the title track "Feed Me with Your Kiss," followed by "I Believe," and the last song you heard there was "All I Need" off their first album, "Isn't Anything," also released in November of 1988, 22 years ago. That is, you know, when I think back on stuff that was released when I was, you know, say 22, sounds absolutely nothing like what would have been released in 1971, stuff that was released in 1993. But uh, you, you go back 22 years now, this stuff still sounds, this stuff can still punch above its weight. Um, anyway, Isn't Anything was released. Um, in late 88, made the top 10 of the New Music Express album charts that year. Going to listen to some more. This is a song which is entitled Sue is Fine. Um, you can't really tell if they're singing Sue is Fine or Suicide during the uh, song, but uh, according to people who listen to live bootlegs of the band it's very definitely suicide uh the li- opaque lyrics have pretty much been a hallmark of the band since uh since the word go um since at least well i mean the uh, you made me realize single but uh they would really they would sort of reach their logical conclusion of un- unintelligibility with the loveless album which we will be getting to i have to apologize in advance we really won't have time to play the entire album as much as it deserves being heard in one long go but uh, we're going to listen to a little bit more of isn't anything this is sue is fine no oh, no it's not stop that Okay, let's try that again.
2011 marks the 25th anniversary of the Dr. Sun Yat-sen Chinese Garden since opening in 1986. The Dr. Sun Yat-sen Chinese Garden is very pleased to have been able to connect cultures and communities for the past 25 years and continue being an arts and cultural hub in the neighborhood and the city. Watch for complimentary specials on the 25th day of every month. There are also blockbuster exhibits, community events, academic conferences, and music and theater productions lined up, plus contests and giveaways. CITR 101.9 FM is proud to be a year-long partner as the Garden celebrates its 25th anniversary. For more information, visit www.vancouverchinesegarden.com. Show your Friends of CITR card or simply mention that you heard about the garden on CITR to receive $2 off admission. The alphabet has only 26 letters. With these 26 magic symbols, however, millions of words are written every day. Here's what to look for this February in Discorder. Grimes both graces the cover of Discorder for February and will also touch down in the city as she's on tour in support of her newest release, Visions. Inside Discorder, don't miss the feature piece on Rokakode. Features on our Shindig winners, Sleuth, Tyrannohorse, and From Birch to You, and a special piece on Redrick Sultan. As always, Discorder is loaded with concert and album reviews, the next installment of The Overeducated Grumbler, and a profile on The Basement's Brett Olson in the monthly On the Air column. All this and more in the February issue of Discorder. Grab a free copy of Discorder anywhere on UBC campus, in and around Vancouver, BC, or online at discorder.ca. Discorder, that magazine from CITR, supporting local music for over 25 years.
back with you um, and our look at the <clears throat> the heyday of My Bloody Valentine. Um, two tracks off the Isn't Anything album released in 1988. You heard Sue is Fine and You Never Should. And that last bit you just heard was Instrumental A. Um, early copies of the album came with a free 7-inch single um featuring two instrumental tracks that was instrumental a instrumental b featured a uh, drum loop sampled off a public enemy record um those would extend uh, eventually also be released on a compilation entitled honey power the creation eps 1988 to 1991 uh my bloody valentine would then go into the studio again with alan Mulder. yes Teaming up with Mr. Alan Mulder, um, a name very closely associated with many of the shoegazing bands such as Curve and Ride, to name but two. Uh, They would return in 1990, excuse me, April of 1990, with probably their biggest... Well, actually, I think it did chart. It was a hit. Um... The song "Soon" is probably their um, their how do you put it signature song, um, which we're going to listen to forthwith.
My name is Natasha Ryan Robot now. I am playing with my breast again. Nothing to do, nothing to do. Sometimes I listen to Misery Hour with Hans Close Wednesday at 11 before midnight. I don't think I like it. Become a friend of CITR and get great discounts in the Commercial Drive area at Audio Pile, Bone Rattle Music, High Life Records, and the People's Co-op Bookstore. It pays to be a friend of CITR. To learn more, come visit us in room 233 of the sub on UBC campus or check us out online at citr.ca. You are listening to 101.9 FM, CITR, and the Stereoscopic Readout. My Bloody Valentine retrospective. Uh, before I get to what you just heard uh, coming up next at 9 is Ben Lai with Thunderbird, live from Thunderbird Radio Hell. Tonight featuring... Tyranna Horse. Uh, that's 9 till 11. Uh, good friend Ochre is in at 11 with Funk My Life, and at midnight, Pierre takes over for six hours of oral tentacles. Uh, what were we listening to other than MBV? Uh, started with their... I think it's their first and only hit. Can't really confirm that, but because um, I'm pretty sure it did chart <clears throat> noticeably in England, but uh, Wikipedia seems to think otherwise. Uh, charted it, peaked at 41. I don't believe that, but whatever. You heard the song soon, pretty much their signature tune, um, followed by To Hear Knows When, the sort of uh, a track which appeared on the Tremolo EP, which was released in 1991, ahead of their magnum opus, Loveless. Uh, both EPs, uh, shall we say, quote-unquote produced, probably just mixed by um, Alan Mulder, recorded by Alan Mulder. The band was pretty happy with working with him when they started on the uh, Glider EP, and they kept him around for the Tremolo EP and later on for Loveless, although later on during the Elephantine gestation period of that album, he um, had to go off and work with some other bands to pay the bills, and in so... um, Um, but I'm going to get to that in a minute. You heard uh, To Hear Knows When, which also appeared on Loveless, and Honey Power. And that last song you heard was entitled Sugar. I don't know when that was recorded, but it was for a while released as a promotional, uh, part of a promotional EP by the French magazine Les Inrocutibles. So that, I think, is available on the um, Creation EP compilation, which I mentioned earlier. Um, Anyway, Loveless, uh, very controversial album. It took quite a while to record. It took from basically the start of the Glider EP until November of 1991 to record it. Uh, If you have the album, take a look. There's about 17 engineers or so listed on it usually is because they went to was because they used so many recording studios and a lot of these engineers were just basically asked politely not to stick around uh if they were working with alan Mulder or later on and jelly dutt um kevin shields had pretty <clears throat> definite ideas about what he wanted to do with the album and he wasn't particularly um, interested in having studio staff tell him what was what they considered to be right or wrong um 
Jumping around from studio to studio also ran up recording costs to the point where uh, this is going into the realm of My Bloody Valentine legend that they almost bankrupted Creation Records. Um, Some estimates of the cost go as high as 250,000 pounds to make that record. Uh, The band insists it was around 150, 160,000 pounds in studio fees to uh, get that album off the ground. But essentially, it was the straw that broke the camel's back. The band was dropped from creation shortly after that and then almost immediately signed by Island Records for about 200,000 pounds as well. Um, However... The only thing they ever released on Island Records was a cover of um, Louis Armstrong's We Have All the Time in the World, which I'm hoping we're going to be able to get to, although we're running out of time, so who knows. Anyway, uh, Loveless, a just a landmark classic album. I'm not going to be able to get to all of it. Um, I might even only be able to get to two tracks, but um, here it is. This is Only Shallow. Oh, 
And that unfortunately concludes our listening to the album Loveless. There's like pretty much, um, I could put the entire album on and just like, you know, go grab a bite to eat and be perfectly happy. And each track would pretty much stand up. Um, so what you heard was off the top there, Only Shallow, followed by Loomer, and that last one you heard was When You Sleep. Now, as I mentioned before, it was the album that sent um, basically their relationship with Creation Records over the edge. It also caused, I think, some, uh, possibly some tensions within the band. Um, Kevin Shields essentially recorded all the music uh for the album himself except for the uh brief instrumental track entitled touched which was uh the brainchild of entirely of drummer coma cusack who unfortunately became quite ill during the opening stages of the recording of the rest of the album like after the uh tracks for the glider and tremolo eps were were completed he got seriously ill and uh the rest of kevin shields was forced to cobble together drum tracks by sampling his previous work um essentially bassist debbie goodge would show up for the opening portions of the uh, recording of the album but uh, she felt that uh Kevin pretty much had in mind what he wanted on the bass and um, wasn't particularly interested in uh, translating that to her, so she was essentially made redundant. Um, And Belinda Butcher only really came in towards the end of the uh, production of the album to to put uh, vocal tracks down with Kevin. But the band did end up going on tour in support of the album. And um, but unfortunately, as I mentioned earlier, were dropped by Creation, picked up almost almost immediately by Island Records, and put out exactly one song for um, Island Records before essentially imploding in 1995. Um, Debbie Goodge announced that she had left the band Coma Cusack, didn't really have much to do, so he started working with other artists and uh, did a uh, project with Hope Sandoval of Mazzy Star. Um, Kevin Shields essentially went off to do production, mixing, and uh, guest musician services for a number of bands, including Dinosaur Jr. and Primal Scream. But in 2007, the band did reunite and went on a number of tours in North America and played the festival circuit in Europe, insisting that they do have new material or rather that they're resurrecting some old material recorded in the late 90s and are going to be finishing off. So the promises of new My Bloody Valentine at some point in the near future have started surfacing again and not surprisingly we have nothing to show for it yet. Uh, But anyway, that's enough babbling. Um, I'm intruding on Ben's time. He is up next. Uh, Remember there is the band Tirana Horse. So it's a good show. Uh, This is the second to last thing that they ever released um, officially. This is a cover of um, what is that guy? Louis Armstrong's song for the James Bond movie on Her Majesty's Secret Service. This from the Peace Together charity compilation is we have all the time in the world but I don't. So good night.
be scary! Stop right there, student. Why walk alone when you can call SafeWalk? The safety and comfort of everyone on campus is important. That's why we're here. SafeWalk is a free, student-run foot patrol service with two-person co-ed teams that will meet you and accompany you anywhere on campus to make sure you get there safely. Keep an eye out for our bright red reflective jackets and signature foot logo, and let your next walk be with us. What a huge relief! Now I'll never have to worry about the terrors that could happen when walking through such a big campus at night. For a walk, you can call 604-822-5355, use one of our direct line phones located in some of the campus libraries, use one of the big blue phone booths, or even ask campus security to contact us. If you see walkers around campus, and you'd like them to accompany you, stop and ask. Hello, hello, hey, and you are listening to